great advertising is the quickest way to kill a bad product. It's like that marketing is going to get everybody to go out and try it once. But if they don't like the experience of actually drinking it, then it's only going to be a novelty thing that just right. like you buy one time for the novelty and that's it. It's Package Design Unboxed, a show that tackles design, manufacturing, sustainability, and everything there is to know about package design. This episode, we talk to Mike Cesario, founder of Liquid Death Mountain Water. We discuss how in commodities, packaging is everything. Just a heads up, this episode is uncensored and honest. Thanks a lot for joining me on. I got Mike Cesario from Liquid Death. You know, just a big fan of Liquid Death. I think one of the coolest things has been the fact that you're you're selling water and it's it's a commodity, right? And for the most part, we can all turn on our tap and we can drink water. But you've done something completely different out there. I mean, you you're signing people up to sell their souls for your water and it's taken off. So can you tell me a little bit about uh about Liquid Death and how you even got started? Yeah. So, you know, my background was, you know, growing up playing in punk bands and metal bands and stuff like that, and designing t-shirts and silk screening. And like, that's how I got into like the creative design stuff. Um, and then realized that graphic design was actually a real job. Right. And I was like, uh, oh, cool. You can get paid to do this? Cool. So I went to school for design, ended up um, switching into advertising. Uh, halfway through school because I was just way more into the conceptual side of stuff. Ended up, you know, being a creative director for some ad agencies for a while. I think like got a really good sense of what big brands just always fuck up and just they can't get out of their own way and uh, kind of building my own, you know, thesis on what I think a brand needs to be in like the year 2020 that's driven by social media and nobody fucking watches TV anymore and stuff doesn't need to be censored and people are just tired of every kind of marketing possible and all marketing inevitably just always sounds the same. And at the same time, I wanted to do something that was around health because I'd always been into being healthy. Like I haven't drank soda in years. Even when I was in high school, you know, I was a vegetarian and my friends were vegetarian. Some didn't drink and it was really only the unhealthy junk food brands that really invested into branding that appeals to like alternative youth culture kind of world. It's like Monster, Red Bull, Doritos, Snickers, you know, Bud Light, you know, it's all just crap. Whereas like all the healthy brands, they only market to like mom, you know, that's it. Um, So I wanted to create Liquid Death as a way to sort of actually make a brand that is even cooler than all the junk food stuff, which at the end of the day, they're all billion dollar corporations. Like right. <laughs> they're not a couple of punk dudes, you know, <laughs> thing. like monsters owned by Coca-Cola. Their, their market cap now is $32 billion. Uh, Red Bull just did 7 billion in sales last year. Like, yeah, they're, they're massive, massive corporations. So they're limited in the things that they can do or how quickly they can move or what they're willing to do. So I knew that making a small brand, we could do things that even they could never do or would never do. Um, and then build it all around like the healthiest thing you can drink, which most people don't drink enough of, um, which is water. And that's really the whole idea with liquid death and the packaging and everything is like, you know, there's psychology involved in anything. Like, and I think that's the problem with big companies and, and 
MBAs and super business driven people, they think too rationally. It's like, why would someone buy your water over this water? Does your water have 0.5 more electrolytes than the one next to it? Like, but that's not really why people make decisions on why you buy things or why you walk around with a thing or why you wear the t-shirt of a thing or why you want to tell 10 people about the thing. You know, there's, there's a lot, a lot more going on there. And I think that's what liquid death is. Yes, we sell water, just like Red Bull. Yes, they sell energy drink, but is Red Bull a drink company or are they an action sports entertainment company? They spent however many millions of dollars to get a guy to jump out of a plane in space. And like nobody's ever done that before, you know, bajillion views. Like they're kind of blurring the lines between, yeah, we're an entertainment company, but the sales of the liquid help fuel the cool shit that we do. And it's like, we're like, you look at a band, is a band a music making company or a t-shirt making company? And that's how I think about Liquid Death as a brand is we are more like, I try to think about it more like we're a band than we're a water company. It's like, yeah, water's part of what we sell and people love it and we have everything we do there. But then we take t-shirts and merch really seriously. And we're also going to be creating cool, funny entertainment stuff that's like, hopefully on the level of legit entertainment that you would see on Adult Swim or whatever. So that's kind of how it all comes together. Yeah, no, that's right. On. It's it's funny because, like you say, when you get to the fridge section at the at the grocery store, you know, Whole Foods or whatever, you you compare all these clear bottles of, of plastic, and nobody's yeah, you're right. Nobody's going to look at all the variations of product in there. It's just you know, either you're a smart water person because that's what you've always bought, or you know, whatever you know, Evian or BG, but it's all the same stuff, right? And it, it's funny because, like, when I when I first saw Liquid Death, it was it wasn't. It wasn't me making that purchase. Like I didn't reach and grab that can. Like me, this old dude. It was like that. You know, that punk eighth grader that learned to skate. You know, that had all these poke and stick tattoos. It was like that. It was almost like this nostalgia for angst. You know, it's like I reached in there and I was like, yeah, this is what I want. You know, and then come to find out, it's it's actually like it's actually like really good water. Yeah. Uh, and having spent some time, you know, doing some work on on some water. It's like you realize a lot of that stuff in the in the bottles is just tap water with different minerals added to to change the the flavor one way or another. Right. And you guys are actually bringing in like real water. You know, can you tell me a little bit about about that? Yeah. So we we source the water um, in the Alps in Austria, and um, I mean it's a roundabout way how we ended up in Austria, but they, you know it, it's actually really hard to find like a natural mountain source where at the source they have the ability to can it unless you want to invest millions and millions and millions right. of dollars in building a canning line and facility at an existing spring source somewhere else. But these guys were one of the few. We met them. We really liked them. Obviously, the water is really good. So, yeah, we thought it was just kind of, you know, from a branding standpoint, there's just a fun thing about like Austria. You know, it's like there's like it's just like a, a random thing. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. Cause you wouldn't, and, and we, yeah. no, I mean, you, you wouldn't expect a, a company called liquid death to actually put in a good product. It's so counter counter to what you would expect. I mean, the big guys don't even do it. So right. like what, what's the choice in, in actually focusing on, on the product? Yeah. You know, is, is that come from your advertising background or just from your, your health background? I mean, I think at the end of the day, if you want to build, 
not sustainable, like in terms of sustainability, but a, a business that can continue on for a long time. It has to be a good product. It's like the marketing, forget one of my old creative directors told me, it's like great advertising is the quickest way to kill a bad product. It's like that marketing is going to get everybody to go out and try it once. But if they don't like the experience of actually drinking it, then it's only going to be a novelty thing that just right. like you buy one time for the novelty. And that's it. But if it's a, it doesn't even have to be the best product. As long as it's good, it's like, oh, this is good. You'll get people to keep coming back if they want to, like I like to say, invest in the brand. It's like, I think people care more than ever about where their dollars are going. Like you care about, oh, does Chick-fil-A, you know, do they have, you know, religious views where that we don't want to support? So I don't go to Chick-fil-A or Nike. They made their big bet with Colin Kaepernick commercial. When everybody hated Colin Kaepernick. Nike looked at their audience and said, hey, a portion of the country is going to light their Nikes on fire because we're making a political statement. The rest of the country is going to say, I stand for, I, I believe what Nike believes and I want to give them my money and wear their brand as a badge of like almost my political in sense yeah. viewpoint. So I think that's what we try to do with the brand and marketing. It's like everything we, anytime someone comes in contact with the brand, whether it's the can or an ad on social or a poster, it's like in, when you only have three seconds, maybe of someone's attention, like that you can instantly convey that's not Coke, that's not Pepsi. I think there's probably some dudes I'd want to hang out with and have a beer with behind this yeah. thing. So I'd rather give them my dollar sixty nine than these like soulless, faceless company, you know, all all around. That's a hundred percent, man. And you know, before you started before you started Liquid Death, like where does that where does the idea for water come from, right? Like of all the of all the commodity products that are out there and where did that come from? What did you see or what did you feel that that we needed a, a water company out there, that there was a possibility? So it was actually a moment, um, some of my you know, my a lot of my friends still you know, they, they play in bands and we were they were playing on the work tour uh, in Denver and I went to go and this is probably two thousand eight ish and um, went and hung out with with them backstage and like they have like this whole area of tour buses where all these bands are kind of just hanging out there was all these like uh, uh cases of what looked like monster but it's not actually monster monster puts water in monster cans for warp tour because none of the bands actually drink that shit so the bands on stage they look like they're pounding monster it's just water and I remember thinking like, man, that's so fucked up. Like all these kids in the audience think these bands are just yeah. guzzling energy drinks on stage in the hot sun. It's really just like <laughs> tap water, basically. And they would never sell it. It was just, and, and I think a couple of other energy drink companies would do the same thing for athletes because it, it, it's really counterintuitive. Like all these serious, like action sports athletes, motocross guys, snowboarders, pro skaters like these guys are legit athletes like they have trainers like they have fitness programs like it's not just like a couple right. punk kids hanging out and like their trainers would never probably even let them drink that shit anyway so it's like i remember i, I kind of having this aha moment then of like man it's so screwed up like why is it that energy drinks just like own this world now like none of us clearly no one drinks it that's why they're not giving any product and you're just taking the money so then that was sort of this moment of like, you know, and why doesn't water come in a can? Because like cans are cool. It's freezing cold. There's just like a 
a fun thing with with tall boys that you know, that you've had like ingrained in your brain since you were probably a kid, and uh, that's just what started my process of like thinking about watering cans and what the brand would be, and you know, it was it was kind of you know in the beginning a very direct reaction to like the cheesy extreme marketing. You know, it's like you want to get to youth. Be extreme, yeah. guitar squeal, <laughs> like monster claw, you know, yeah, you know, distress type. And uh, Liquid Death was like, okay, well, how do we like out extreme the extreme <laughs> bullshit? <laughs> so it was like, all right, let's call it Liquid Death. <laughs> right. But I think the important thing, it's like, it, it is a fine line to walk. Like, it's not as simple as being edgy. Like, you know, Liquid Death, if we had to then tie it to the product in some way in a dumb even if it's a dumb way you still have to tie it to the product so that's what we came up with mood of your thirst and death to plastic because obviously mm-hmm. we get the plastic right. bottles and we're like yeah it's a true statement that really nothing's better than ice cold water at killing your thirst you know like drinking a sugary thing is not actually like it's actually going to like make you more thirsty it's like right. so it was like there's a fun way to connect this ridiculous proposition to something as simple as water. And I think that's why it works. Like you couldn't just call it like shark destruction. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's just like, you, yeah. it, there is like, I like to say with concepts, like designers know that you have to craft design. You know, you got to really get in there and you're like crafting everything perfect. Mm-hmm. So it works. I think you have to do the same thing with ideas and concepts. Like you got to really craft the concept so that it's like, it's perfect. perfect. Yeah. yeah. So what, uh, I mean, how big is the how big is the creative team at, at Liquid Death? Uh, it's pretty small, um, but you know, we like I don't do anything in the traditional kind of way, like hire your team or you must have this agency that you do all your stuff with. So it's like I look at this kind of like when you know, every project is almost like a like when a director or a producer is making a movie. It's like, hey, we got to make this thing. Let's go find the most talented people that are right for this thing and bring them in and make it. And then it becomes a thing. And then those people might go away. Or some people that come back for lots of other things because they they have multiple talents. So we use them for a lot of things. But I just really try to look for the people who are best at doing whatever the thing is that we're trying to do. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like just the overall concept of um, just like a team meeting or just like even just like the the concept meetings. I mean, it's got to be like a blast, right? Like, I'm just thinking of when you guys talk about like water and how it, how it sinks ships and how it kills, you know, kills all these people's like really death. And the, just like yeah. the whole thing just comes together. And, and it is, it's just a solid idea. Like, yeah, I never thought of water that I, you know, when I bathe my baby in or whatever, it's yeah. like this <laughs> deadly force. And it, yeah, it just adds a killer edge to it. Yeah. Um, but like with bands, right? So with a, with a band, you always, you know, there's the merch and then you've got all the fans that create uh, like fan art. And does any of that stuff ever make it into, you know, into final? Do you ever get pitches from, from fans that just like love it and you get a, a great idea from a fan? Yeah, sometimes. Um, I think one thing that we're lucky about as a brand, that one, our fans are really funny and creative. So the stuff like, I mean, there's no other beverage brand. I, I can't think of one that, when you search the hashtag, you know, liquid debt, the amount of user content 
that's you know funny and interesting or dumb or whatever is is more than any other brand so we leverage that you know it's like no other brand has that luxury so why wouldn't we really lean into that so a lot of what we do on social is like we're highlighting cool stuff that people are you know are doing with our product or dumb things they're doing with it uh, like we we make our audience like a big part because we can yeah uh, so yeah. i saw your uh skate your house Murder your house, yeah. Murder your house, yeah. That yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> you guys announced a winner on that. We did, yeah. It, it, it was, and you can watch the whole. I mean, they submitted one uh, through their house line. Is these two brothers, uh, Dalton and Kane? Uh, they're pro skaters, but uh, yeah, they just completely have a whole line going through their entire house, inside and out. Uh, yeah. They got the for six months. That's right. So when you when you started, right? So you you're you're at this you're at Warp Tour. You see the cans of, of murder of uh, monster water. You know the idea comes about. Uh, how do you how do you go to market? How do you test? Right? Because you know I can't just start a water company. Uh, you know how do you even prove that concept? So that's the thing. I, I think it's probably if I had to impress upon anybody like the most important thing of this whole process or like the thing not to be afraid of, it's like social media is the greatest like field testing resource in the history of humankind. <laughs> you know, it's like you can do and test anything for really cheap and get like a somewhat real reaction to it. It's like most brands and I would try to get big companies when I worked when I was a creative director trying to get them to think this way and they just aren't built to think this way they spend tons of money on focus groups and things that are not really an accurate barometer for what a reaction is to something you put a bunch of random people who are each getting paid 50 bucks in a room and you show them a video and tell us what you think about this it's like that's not really like it's it's a wrong it's not the right scenario to get good data right but on social you can put an ad in anyone's feed for any for as cheap as five dollars to as much as you know five hundred thousand dollars if you want, depending on how many people you want to see it. And you can see do people like it? Are they sharing it? What are the comments like on it? Um, so what we did was we I worked with um, you know some designer friends to help design like the first version of the cam. And it looks like a 3D can in Photoshop, you know, like pretty real looking. Um, then we shot a $1,500 commercial that obviously like the concept, you know, that's the one where the girl's pouring out the water and she's waterboarding the guy. Right. And it's like, yeah, when you have a really good idea, you could almost have shot that video with an iPhone and it would still be good. You know, you don't need to spend a lot of money on production. Just make sure the idea is really good. So we launched on Facebook with those two things, a Photoshop composite of a can, um, uh, you know, minute long, funny video. We had no Twitter page, no Instagram page, just Facebook. And then we put a few thousand dollars in paid media behind the video just to push it out to some people. Um, and then we did like a couple funny social posts, like maybe once, once a week or something like that, twice a week. And then four months later, our page has <clears throat> more followers than Aquafina. The, the video's got like 3 million views and we're getting all these direct messages from 
7-Eleven franchisees who are like, hey, I own three 7-Elevens in Michigan. How do I get this in my stores? Or, hi, we're the biggest non-out distributor in New York City. Can we talk to a salesperson? So I then use all of that as the proof of concept. Because if you just tried to go raise money on, hey, I have this idea. I want to put water in a can and call it liquid death and put a skull on it. Like nobody's writing you a check. But now that you've got actual market data, essentially, of showing look how many followers we've gained. It's more than Aquafina. Look at all these comments that people are saying. We're getting messages from retailers. Like Now, all of a sudden, people are willing to take a bet and say, okay, hey, we'll give you guys a little bit of money to actually make this a real thing. And then, yeah, then that is the hard part is now you have to start figuring out, okay, how do you actually put water in cans? And where can you do it? And what does it cost? And you just go, there's plenty of people who know this game. You know, you just go find, like, you can go on LinkedIn and find any number of, like, beverage manufacturing people that are happy to, like, give you, you know, yeah, yeah consult with you and say, oh, yeah, well, what you have to do is you got to use a um, heat pasteurization uh, tunnel system for something like that. You can't use UV, so you got to look at these kind of places. I can give you the number of a guy who might do that over here, and you just kind of find people that know what they're talking about, and, they're, and they uh, they help point you in the right direction. That's kind of how it's so you do the warp tour, you do the water, you do the research, man. You, you've got this Photoshop and minute-long commercial. Now that you're actually moving forward, how, at what point do you bring in with Will, Will Cursola? So that's funny. So this was, it was, um, we already had the Facebook page up. We had, you know, a ton of views. Like it was really just like, we had this thing that was building pretty quickly. And I was always a huge fan of Mr. Pickles. Like it was like my favorite thing ever. And it was literally, I, I just cold DM'd him on Instagram saying, hey, huge fan of, of the show. And uh, I have this kind of crazy water brand I'm starting. I'm uh, just curious, maybe you want to be involved in some way. And uh, he told me the story later that he was in a van with friends on their way to medieval times when he got that. <laughs> and, you know, he showed everybody like the image of the can that I uh DM to him and they're like, oh, that's funny. That's hilarious. Like, so then he got back and then, you know, we met up and we got along really well. And he was sort of like my creative kind of uh, partner in a sense where like, you know, he is busy morning till night trying to create an animated TV show, as you can probably imagine. Like it's just insane amount of work. So he had a limited, limited amount of time, but as I made stuff, like I bounced things off him, like, hey, do you have any ideas for something like this? And he, his brain just, you know, when you're writing weird jokes eight hours a day in a writer's room like they're really good it's just like yeah getting to that weird stuff that like might take me a lot longer to get to yeah that was kind of how we started building like the you know as the brand really started going from just a can and one video building into like what it what it could be yeah we still will still does a lot of the um liquid death art for us but we're you know we're also now doing you know working with other artists and starting to do limited edition like artist drops and merch we'll start having like limited art on the bottom of the cases um that'll get more varied and stuff like that but yeah i mean art i think is really a big part of the brand whereas like most energy drinks it's kind of a lot more action sports heavy like we're not that focused there we're more in the world of like adult swim weird art and then now like skateboarding and stuff is now naturally coming to us rather than us chasing after it you know, like the Steve Barra is now involved in the brand and we do a lot of stuff with the barracks 
but yeah, but art art will always be sort of like the, the pillar of the brand. That's cool, man. You know, just going through your shop, you guys got a ton of merch. You guys have a koozie that looks like a brown paper bag, which I thought was pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then you guys did a uh, record. You guys released a record. Yeah. Uh, which the LP cover itself is like, it's just so metal. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rad. But what, you know, where, where does the, where's that content? Where's the, you know, how do you go from water to like a record? Yeah. I mean, obviously with the music background, like music is another thing that the brand has been pretty big on, like art and music. Like I grew up playing music. A lot of my friends are in bands, like some of our investors, um, like Fat Mike from NoFX, he's an investor in the company. Um, so music was always just all around us. And then we basically had this, well, we work with one of our uh, creative agencies and like they're always giving us ideas. And one of the ideas was like, what can we, you know, well, backing up, one of the highest performing social content pieces we did was when we featured negative reviews that we got from people. Or, or you know, people commenting on a, Facebook post being like, fire your marketing guy, you know, or like, you know, dumbest thing ever, you know, like, and I think when we would highlight those and put it next to the can, it's like, people love us on the internet. (laughs) Those posts did better than anything else we ever did. And it was funny because those posts literally took, I built that post in probably 30 minutes. It was like, Screen grab, little comment bubble, stick it next to can, put a little thing that says people love us on the internet, call it a day. It's just like, hey, I need to make a quick piece of social content. And of course, that cheap, fast thing ended up outperforming things that we spent way more money on, you know? So we started thinking about what are more ways that we can kind of like have fun with like all the like haters, you know, and, and uh, social hater comments. And then, you know, we had this idea of like, well, what if we turn them into like the actual hate comments into lyrics to like an angry metal album? And it's like, yeah, metal's angry. These people are angry. Like it kind of all fit together. Uh, and then, yeah, like again, and we sort of casted the production of that project. So we hired a guy who is super legit metal musician, drummer, guitar player, plays in a band called Gruesome on Relapse Records. He's a good friend of a guy that um, works for us, who's a music guy. Um, and yeah, he was like, yeah, I would totally write the whole album for you guys. And he could do it pretty quickly. And then he found the singer guy to come do the vocals. And then we just created the lyrics ourselves, like pulling the hate comments yeah. and just literally gave him all the songs. Like song one, song two, song three. And he just had the, his, his vocalist guy like sing all the lyrics <laughs> to it. And it's like a super legit album. And then for the cover art, we hired this uh, Italian guy who does a ton of metal record covers. Like New Toy Man and uh, Zach Sabbath and like all these other these kind of bands. We, we hired him to make the album cover. And, uh, yeah, that's how we made it. It's killer, man. Uh, yeah, and then you're, you're getting, you know, all the social shares from that. And it's just you know, free marketing that's uh, paying for itself. Totally. Yeah. It's always nice when, when marketing actually yeah, pays for itself or even makes you a profit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I think of it as like that, uh, like the Lego movie, right? It's like, you know, people watch a 30 second Lego commercial, but they'll pay to watch a two hour Lego commercial. hundred percent. And that's like the whole, that's my whole thing for liquid death is like, is there really a reason that you have to make like marketing, like a, 
traditional commercial, traditional whatever, like you could spend, like for instance, to run a 30 second commercial during, I don't know, like the Grammys or something, right? I think it costs something like, like a little under a million dollars or something because the Super Bowl commercial is like almost five million. So I'm sure like a big TV event like the Grammys or the Oscars, like it's probably a million dollars to run one 30 second commercial one time. And how much does that really move the needle for your business? How many people see a 30 second commercial? And they're like, oh my God, I'm going to go buy this thing. Um, if they even remember it or if they didn't fast forward past it, they didn't turn the sound off when they, when the commercials come. Or think about the film you could make for a million dollars. So like, you know, like Liquid Death, it's like we could make a full length horror movie about killer cans of water that roll around and kill people and release it on Netflix or Hulu or something like that for the same amount of money that maybe you can get one 30 second commercial for. But yeah, to your point, you've got an actual piece of entertainment content that people might be willing to even pay for or seek out or spend two hours with your brand, you know, and then it, you know what you get from that is way more. So I think, yeah, it's just a matter of being smarter with your marketing dollars. Like it's less about, Oh, we have this much money to make a commercial. It's more like, okay, we have a hundred thousand dollars. What is the smartest thing or coolest thing we can do with a hundred thousand dollars? that's going to make people care about the brand, talk about the brand, you know, become a believer in the brand, whatever. And I guarantee you most of the time, if you think about it that way, you're never going to say, make a commercial, make a 30 second. Right. You know, to start kind of wrapping up your man's can, can liquid death, can liquid death get too big and mainstream to lose its edge? It's a good question. I don't think so. I think, you know, like monster, for example, they're a $32 billion global company and they haven't really lost their edge from the beginning. It's not like in the very beginning. Yeah, it was all, you know, it was porn. And, you know, no, it's like it was all, it was always the same thing of like action sports, you know, rock bands and stuff like that. And it's still like that now because I think it depends on also what you mean by big. It's like if you just look at, how big the global audience is in terms of appeal for something like Liquid Death or like Monster. It's billions and billions of dollars when you look at it globally. Now, are we going to be as big as Coca-Cola that's like a $300 billion company or whatever it might be? No, but we don't need to be. Like, (laughs) nobody needs to be that big. Like, if you're making billions of dollars, like, you're probably good. (laughs) So I think, yeah, I think... There's plenty of audience that are, I mean, I'm just talking about like die hard audience on a global level to, for this to be a massive, massive uh, brand. Uh, but what we're seeing that I think is probably the most surprising thing for me and probably most people who would ever look at this thing early on is that the appeal of Liquid Death is way broader than I ever thought it would be. Like, we're like one of the top selling waters in Whole Foods right now. We've only been in there a couple of weeks during a pandemic. And it's like, moms are buying it. Like, you know, all kinds of like people who don't give a shit about metal are buying it because they just think it's cool and they want to support this thing because it's unique and different. At the end of the day, it's a sustainable can and it's healthy. Yeah, like we got like a direct message from this woman who's like, I'm a 37-year-old bougie suburban girl that loves Taylor Swift, but I freaking love your brand, you know? It's like, 
And I think that's the cool, I think that's why, you know, back to packaging, why packaging is so important is we intentionally baked all of the marketing power into the packaging. Normally it's like you create the package for something and it's, you know, it's like, it looks good, but it's probably fits into a category. There's nothing like blow your mind. What the fuck? Like rarely, right? So then you've got the package and then they go and hire an advertising agency to then build this theater around this somewhat normal package to make you care about it. So it's like, you've got a somewhat normal thing. You now need to build all this marketing around it to make people care or talk about it. But we knew that as a small brand, we're not going to have anything close to the marketing budgets of the competitors. So we knew that the can itself had to be the shareable, holy shit, oh my God, you have to see this. Take your phone out instantly thing in order for us to spread. Because if we had to just pay for all the eyeballs that we come across, then we just wouldn't be able to do it. So I think every decision we made for the, from the packaging of the can is based on like, how will this, like you have to pick this up if you see it on the shelf. Or like you have to take your phone out and take a photo of it. That gives us a lot more, I guess, value in terms of like soccer mom picking it up, you know, Instagram model picking it up. Because even when they post about it, because it's so fucking Slayer and metal, it's like ironic that they're posting about it. So it's still funny, you know? It's not like you've got this normal thing and you're so dependent on this outside thing that you build around it where if the wrong people start supporting it, it, lo- it loses that, that magic. It's like, no, the, the can itself is always going to be an eyesore almost, you know, regardless of who's holding it. And it's almost funny when someone untraditional is holding it. So with, with commodities, then, you know, packaging is everything, right? So if I'm launching, if I'm launching a dental floss or a toilet yeah. paper, right, that, that's the differentiator, right? We don't need teddy bears wiping their ass, you know, with, you know, in commercials, right? It's like the packaging itself is, is so important. Right. Yeah. Cause it's the, I mean, the thing with commodities, I guess is, yeah, it's like the perception about them from one brand to the other is like the differences are very minimal. I mean, and it's kind of, I mean, but it's like that for almost any brand, I think, like beer. Like you could have people who are like, I only drink Coors Light, fucking Budweiser tastes like piss, you know? But I guarantee you, you blind taste test Coors Light, Bud Light, you know, Corona Light, all these things. There's no way someone's picking out their favorite one. Guaranteed. Like it, it's the, everything is also the same when you really strip away branding and packaging. Like you just have clear cups full of the leading beers or blind taste tests of whiskeys or, or anything else. It's like people who are super brand loyal, 9.8 times out of 10, it's because of the brand and not because of actual physical characteristics of the liquid or the product. And yeah, and especially when it comes to something where there's very little perceived difference like water um, or toilet paper, yeah, then it really does become, it, it's, a, it's a fully, it's a full brand play. Especially now, it's one thing if it's like you're trying to be 10 times more expensive than everybody else. It's a little bit of a different game then. But like when everything is close to the same price, like why wouldn't you pick the cooler thing? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. So man, so designers, you know, we, we all build brands, right. For other people. 
like day in, day out. Yeah. And so, so seeing what you've done is it's really inspirational. Uh, why do you think designers don't launch their own brands more often? Yeah. Is it something that's missing in design education? I think so. I think because there's, there's basically, I mean, there's two parts to building because when you build your own brand, you're building your own business. And when you start thinking about building a business where you've got to have money and it's got to make profit and you've got to manage things, like sometimes I think designers, that just scares the shit out of that. Where you're like, okay, I, I want to make the cool thing. I don't want to worry about HR and uh, invoices and you know, that, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I think the, the, the misconception is you don't have to do all that stuff to start a business. Like you don't have to be a business person to create your own business. You just have to be smart enough to know you need to just go find someone that does the thing that you don't do, you know? So LinkedIn, an incredible resource. You can literally find any person who does any job anywhere and reach out to them directly. And the thing about designers is a good designer is a hard thing to come by and usually very expensive for someone who isn't a designer. So the value that you bring being able to create the awesome packaging and the design and everything is worth a lot. So when you have somebody who you can find that's like good at the business operation side of something, they're going to be, get really excited to work with a good designer because they know that like, shit, if I had to actually go to a super legit design firm to get that level of quality, like I might be spending a couple hundred thousand dollars. So I think just finding the right people so that you've got both sides of creative brand and then also operational business thing, just having those two things together, like you can get pretty far. And then you start adding more people as you come along and learn like what you need. But I think that's the biggest thing is like, yeah, don't think that you need to do it all yourself. In fact, you probably need to just go and find all the people who do the things that you don't do and then just focus on what you what are you best do. at. Yeah. Coming. You know, I just saw this morning that Johnny Walker launched a, a paper bottle. I think um, I saw that this morning too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Aluminum is metal, you know, right? It's infinitely recyclable. We're seeing a lot of these brands uh, packaging liquids in like just new materials. You know, what's, what do you think on, uh, on some of this paper packaging for, for liquids? So it's, the paper stuff is a little bit of a bullshitty kind of thing. Because the thing that people have to realize, and there's a couple of things going on, but like recycling is not like anybody thinks that it actually is or how it works. Aluminum is recycled and metal in general is recycled more than anything else because economically it makes sense. Like metal is as a material is worth a lot more money than paper. Like a pound of aluminum, you're going to sell for a lot more than a pound of paper, right? Yeah. So when you throw your can into a recycling bin, it goes to a recycling facility, they melt it down fairly easily and they make it into these big metal bricks and then they can resell those metal bricks at a profit, which are then used to make new cans with. And you can just keep doing that over and over again. Paper, for example, when you send it to a recycling facility, if the paper, like for instance, a pizza box, if your pizza box has grease all over it, they can't recycle it, it's trash. It's gotta go to the landfill. So there's amount of quality that comes into like the paper that comes in and then grinding it up. And then like, what does it actually cost them to go through the process of grinding up paper and getting it into a form that you could maybe resell? And a lot of the times 
they can't even resell that ground up paper at a profit for what it costs them to go through the whole process to process it. So same thing with plastic. Plastic is not at all recyclable or not at all profitable to recycle. So when you throw your plastic away in the recycling bin, it goes to a recycling facility, they would go out of business trying to spend money recycling plastic. Then you grind it up and you have ground up plastic that you literally can't sell to anybody. It's worth nothing. So they're like, okay, well, we're not going to go through that process. We're just going to send it right to the landfill. So, you know, and stuff like, uh, you know, like box water and like those Tetra Pak kind of things. Those things are like, well, most paper, it's paper, but then they also have like a layer of plastic on the inside because the liquid would just like soak soak into right. the paper. Right. So it's like to recycle that properly, that needs to be separated in a special way. And there's only a couple of recycling facilities that do it. And the ones that do do it, it's expensive. So it's not profitable to that because then you've got the cheap ground up paper you can't sell it to anybody after. So a lot of what's happening with like the Tetra Packs, like box water and stuff like that, recycling facilities are just putting them on trucks and they're getting shipped to Mexico by truck, which is not environmentally friendly. And then they're getting ground up and downcycled into cement mix. So it's not like that shit ever becomes new Tetra packs. It's just like, it's just turning into cement, basically. So that's why metal really is from a recycling standpoint. Now, of course, there's all these things that go into like, you have to mine metal, and that's not great for the environment. Um, But the fact that it really is one of the only things that's actually profitable to recycle and infinitely recyclable, you can take a can, melt it down, becomes a new can over and over again. Once it's out of the, once you've got all this metal, like, you can continue to reuse it. And, you know, like the soda industry has been in decline for like 12 years. So all those cans being used to fill soda can be recycled and made into metal that maybe fills liquid death or fills other products with. So there's a lot of metal already in the world that can just be repurposed and used around. So you don't have to keep, keep getting more of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I spoke to uh, a recycling plant in, uh, in Utah. You know, they were telling me how uh, at the moment, petroleum super cheap it's it's worthless so they you know he's like i got forty thousand pounds of plastic just sitting there he's like it's premium grade plastic but i can't sell it so right. it'll it'll sit here for a certain amount of time and if it can't sell it and make a profit it goes to landfill That's right exactly yeah yeah, yeah man and, and with aluminum you can hold on to it for as long as it takes to, to build up your your volume and then i mean cans are being produced every day man so right. that's awesome Man, so I appreciate it, Mike. I'll let you have your day back. Liquid death, man. It's, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, appreciate the time, man. Yeah, man. All right, Mike. That was Mike Cesario, founder of Liquid Death. Check out the show notes if you're interested in selling your soul to Liquid Death. I'm Avelio Matos on Package Design Unboxed. Thanks once again to Mike for being on. And thanks to you for listening. Talk soon.